In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of Winston-Salem's coolest exports is the Artomat. And if you've been around St. Paul's for a couple of years, you may have noticed Artomats. Uh, I did a sermon with one, one Easter. Uh, we've got one uh, down by the offices. Um, you've seen them around town. If you're unfamiliar with the Artomat, check this out. Uh, there's an artist in town, Clark Whittington, um, and Clark takes old cigarette machines and basically fixes them up, tricks them out, and then gets artists um, from around the country to submit arts that are, pieces of art that are like the size of cigarette packs, wraps them in cellophane, and then loads them in the machine so that you get a token, you put it in, you pull the handle, and you get a piece of art. Um, it's wildly cool, and it is now an international art phenomenon. They're everywhere, all right? So because of this, um, if you want to make art for the Artomat, and by the way, show of hands, has anyone here ever made art for the Artomat? Okay, I just didn't know. You don't know. Kathy? Be honest. Okay, so if, you, if, you ha if you're going to make art for the Artomat, you basically have to do like a prototype for Clark. And so you get this packet, and you make your piece of art and you submit it and then they determine okay is this going to be good enough to kind of go in a machine and be something that people pay money for it's basically like quality control right and so over the last d several decades that clark has been doing this they've amassed this huge kind of collection of the prototypes and he keeps them all and archives them and clark if you know clark is an artist and he's fabulous and so the archive is essentially just like a big pile of stuff in his garage, <laughs> which is great. That's kind of the Artomat uh, secret uh, home base, too, is, is Clark's garage. So this summer, my daughter has been working for Clark, cataloging these things, all right, and has been going through and finding them and then putting them where they're supposed to be so they can actually find these things based on, like, a spreadsheet. So what happens is Quinn's doing this work. My daughter's name's Quinn. She's doing this work and comes home one day and is like, you're never going to believe what happened. Okay, what happened? She says, we got an email from someone whose mother was an Artomat artist. And her mother, though, had died from cancer. And it had been a very swift and sad, very kind of sudden onset of the disease. Her mother had died. And this person was really kind of shaken by it and said, mom's been making art for Artomat for years. She sends me a picture of all of the pieces she's ever made, and she would do pieces that were like painted on tree bark. It's really cool. If we had screens, uh, I would show it to you. Um, but basically, do you have any of these left? Because I really, I miss my mother, and I don't have any of her artwork, and I'm really kind of longing for that connection. And so Clark goes and checks and says, well, actually, we, we don't. You know, every piece she ever made was sold. She said, but, we found the prototype this summer, and we actually have it, and it needs to live with you. And so this woman responds, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm, I'm crying right now because I've, I've wanted this connection with my mother, and now I'm going to be able to have it, to have a piece of her art. It means so, so much. It's like in this moment, there was this very simple piece of bark that was turned into a piece of art, and it was just basically like cataloged, right? It was shelved. It was something that was um, a, a piece of uh, some ones and zeros on a spreadsheet. But all of a sudden, after that email, like, what happened to it? 
it gained all this like value, right? It had this like ex this exponential kind of um, importance emerged out of it that you couldn't see until that moment when you could. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right? All right. So there's a word for this in the Bible. The word is kavod. Let me hear you say kavod. kavod. Oh, very nice. That's so much more enthusiastic than the 8 o'clock. <laughs> I'm going to choose to believe it's them and not me. So kavod is it, it, it's a term that um, came from economics and business. It's like a business word where um, in order to make sure there was a fair transaction, you would have to have enough like weight on a scale. You know, like, I'm not paying enough for this, not for that. And so the word kavod, it means weight. But what ended up happening with the word is that as it developed, it took on a more figurative meaning. Um, and essentially, it became the word that you would t use to talk about the meaning and importance of something. It's like why something mattered was kavod. Um, it's like Marty McFly in Back to the Future, where he's like, that's heavy, right? Like the heaviness of something, it's, its importance was its kavod, all right? Now, when that word gets translated into English in the Bible, guess what word it is? It's the word glory. Glory is kavod. Glory is about the meaning of something, why it matters. It's about significance. This is really important because today we've got stories about the glory of God, do we not? Like you guys walked in here and you're like, is it Easter? Right? Um, we're in white today because it is the Feast of the Transfiguration. And it is the, the feast where we remember this story that we read from the Gospels where Jesus in Luke's Gospel goes up on the mountain with his three of his disciples. And there he is transfigured. It says the glory of God shone through him. And Moses and Elijah show up, and it's kind of like an out-of-body experience a little bit. The disciples wake up, and they're like, that's something. Uh, we should stick around. This is a good thing. We should all be here. Um, but they didn't kind of understand what was happening. Um, Jesus is discussing with Moses and Elijah that he's going to have to die. That's part of the conversation that's going on there. Um, and so then all of a sudden when the disciples recognize it and they want to stick around, the cloud comes down, you hear the voice of God, and then it all disappears, right? Then we also, Luke wants you to know, this is not the first time you've heard this kind of thing happening. And so this reading gets rightly paired with the Exodus reading, where Moses has been on a mountain with the cloud presence of God, and in him, his coming down, receiving the Ten Commandments, um, his face is glowing, right? And so the, the people in the camp are like, could you do that somewhere else? That's kind of making us feel weird. We feel uncomfortable about that. Um, and so Moses puts this like veil over his face, okay? Um, and life continues on. Now here's the thing. It can be really easy to miss what's happening in these two stories, okay? Because the thing about the word glory is when we hear it and we think about the way that we use it in our culture, we can misunderstand and think that glory is some sort of spectacle. That when the glory of God shows up, it's some kind of like, <gasps> like fireworks show. 
where you see it and it's like it exists for its own sake. Almost like God has to like flex and be like, what's up? Look at my glory. Right? That's not what it is, right? It's kavod. When the glory of God shows up, it's not there for its own sake. It, the glory of God isn't there to impress you like God needs to impress us. The glory of God shows up to demonstrate and unveil that there is a truth and a meaning to this moment that we couldn't see until the glory revealed it to us. It's why the detail is in there about Jesus discussing his death with Moses and Elijah. This thing is not going to matter. This is what's going to matter about this moment, right? It's why the glory is hanging on Moses when he comes down with the ten words. This is going to be the way we live together. This thing that's happening has weight and significance because of God's glory. Are you with me? All right, so a couple of observations about this. First, um, this thing about the glory of God, it, for some reason, is something that God wants to disclose to us through material created things, right? It's contagious. Moses, like, catches it. You know, like, ooh, now i got some glory. Ooh. You know, and people are like, that's weird. Can you wear a mask? Um, which sounds familiar to us. I'm not trying to make a COVID reference. Why did I steer it there? I really derailed the sermon. But it's like God chooses to use material things to disclose divine things. That's just how it works, right? That's what God's up to in this creation. It's why we have Eucharist. It's why you see the glory of God shining through Jesus' created body and through Moses, Okay. But the other part about it is, you already know this. You, you've already experienced this sort of glorifying uh, divine disclosure. Here's how it happens to you. There's that person that you see, and every day when you run into them, you're like, how's it going? And they're like, doing fine. You know, and it's just like totally surface. You know, uh, uh, how you doing? Better than I deserve. You know, whatever it is. It's like the platitude, and you kind of move on. And then there's like the one day that you approach them and you're like, how's it going? And they're like, well, actually not so good. And they start to tell you about pain. They start to tell you about a diagnosis. They describe to you a, a conflict, something that's heavy on their heart. And all of a sudden you realize this very mundane conversation that was just totally surface has had this meaning revealed in it. All of a sudden... This thing that we're talking about matters. It has kavod, right? This is why people are crying at the Barbie movie. It's like when you, they go to the Barbie movie, and if you haven't seen it, if you go, you might cry, because people are going to this movie for like Barbie core and aesthetic, and it's fun, and it's like bright, and it's pink. And you get in this movie, and all of a sudden you're like, um... I wasn't expecting this to have this like profound meditation on the human condition coming at me in the form of like Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Whoa, what is that? It's kavod. It's like you didn't see it until the glory, the meaning of the thing was revealed. And then it was, once you saw it, you couldn't unsee it. But it showed you that there was a meaning or a weight there. It's like a piece of art scrawled on a piece of, or art scrawled on a piece of bark that get slotted away in somebody's pile in their basement until their daughter asked for it because the artist had died of cancer. And that thing took on indescribable meaning and importance. It had kavod that we couldn't see until glory revealed it. 
So, what does this mean for us? Well, a couple of things. I mean, I think on the one hand, we definitely need people in the world that can discern and are paying attention to where God's glory already is happening. The thing that these stories and this feast remind us is that this whole thing that we're involved in, all of us, this world, it's all shot through with potential for glory. I mean, look, as it goes for Jesus' body, it goes for the whole creation. That's a big kind of theological um, uh, umbrella that happens in the Gospels. And so this whole thing is shot through with the capacity for glory and meaning, which means part of the question that we ask when we're getting involved in this world, it was, we're like, hey, what matters here? Because it can be hard to understand, right? Like I pulled up my phone this morning and I've got one of those Apple phones and so like my news feed will come up on the side whether I want it to or not. And there were three stories there. One was about the war in the Ukraine and the recent death toll. One was about the adult daughter of a former pop star who's posing nude in a campaign for a perfume. And then the other was 17 weird things that people are selling on the internet and you won't believe it. All three of those items, have this, they are the same size, they have the same font, they, um, they, are coming, they are in the same category, but those three things are not the same, are they? <laughs> like, one of those things matters a lot more than the other two. And what, what happens in our culture is because of the fragments of information that come at us in the way that we engage in our media, it can be hard to determine what matters and what doesn't because it all seems to come at us in one, at one volume, in one pace, and in one size. But they're not all the same thing. And so glory takes some discernment and asking what matters here can be a really helpful thing to pray, especially when because it comes at us in those same in that that manner um, we can also decide by look if all of these things matter the same then none of it matters well that's also not true because some things do matter some things don't but some things really really do which is the other part about this to remember second thing for people like us when we're praying what matters here um, when moses comes down from the mountain and is displaying the glory, this, this, the evidence of this glory with God, the people want him to cover up, right? You can resist this. You can have the meaning of something disclosed to you, and you can want to cover it, not pay attention to it, ignore it, shut it down and silence it, right? Part of what it means to be Transfiguration Jesus people is to be open to where the glory of God reveals itself and not close it off. To say yes to what it means, to dig into what it means. If you want to look for a place where this might be active in your life, think about who the group, people, or person is that you're pretty convinced the glory of God does not exist among them or in them. Yes, you know who you're thinking of. That's right. Everybody's got not with them. Everyone gets grace. Everyone can have meaning. There's, a, there's goodness in everybody except those people because they did this or that person because they did that. Y'all, what matters here? There is the potential for kavod in all of it, in everyone, 
in all of us in this entire world. May we ask what matters here, looking for that glory, and have our hearts transfigured. Amen.